Bulletty, Omaha. Live. You like that? You like that? In the entertainment capital of the world. Rogers in trouble. Does he have a vintage moment in it? In the end zone. It is caught for the win. Richard Rogers with a walk-off touchdown. It's the T.C. Martin Show. Play action. Has some time. Deep shot for Parker. Time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. Oh, my goodness, the legend just goes on. The doctor is now in. How you like me now? 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 It is a football Friday, not just any football Friday, but we are talking about divisional NFL playoffs. Looking forward to that. It is the T.C. Martin Show live here at the world-famous Superbook at the Westgate Las Vegas. Myself, Marco D'Angelo, in the house here today. Marco, what is going on, my friend? Well, it's a big weekend of football for sure, but do you also realize we only have seven more football games? <laughs> That's it? That's it. I know. It, it kind of crept up on us a little bit, didn't it? The season went right yeah. by us, but... Uh, Hopefully we get some good games like we had last weekend, some interesting uh, matchups and subplots to a couple of the games. And, uh, you know, if you want to play conspiracy theory, we know the AFC matchup, what that's going to be, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. All right. We got a lot to do, a lot to cover, a lot to talk about today. Of course, when it is a football Friday, you know what that means. Best bets coming your way a little bit later on the show. We give you our three best NFL plays. This will be the last week that we do the three best NFL plays because we're only going to have two games next week <laughs> and then we got the Super Bowl after that so uh, I'm going to whittle you down to just your one best bet uh, the next uh, the next two weeks or actually well next three weeks but you know week, one week will be off uh, prior to the Super Bowl but glad to have everyone with us here of course streaming live wherever you may be 2 to 4 p.m. of course Monday through Friday and of course Friday our Friday home here is the Westgate of Las Vegas, the world-famous Superbook. Great environment. No better place to come on down and watch the games in the comfy, comfy surroundings and the chairs, the couches here uh, at the world-famous Superbook. And non-smoking, by the way, as well, too. So always great to be here and uh, great entertainment and great food options and choices here, of course, at the Westgate Las Vegas, as you know. John Murray will be joining us a little bit later on this hour. John, of course, the executive director of the Superbook here. And uh, Jay Cornegay, the Vice President of Operations, uh, joined us yesterday by phone like he usually does. Uh, Jay had a lot of good stuff to say, but uh, I know when John joins us, uh, Marco, we uh, got to talk to him because we've got some line movement in, uh, in just about all of these games. Yeah, part of the line movement, we talked about the Kansas City-Jacksonville uh, game. We were talking before going on air. That's the most popular teaser this week. People are te- you know, want to tease Kansas City. They want to tease Philadelphia uh, to get them you know, under the field goal. And for Philadelphia, it'd be getting them just to win the ball game. That looks very good, but we know that when something always looks that easy, uh, it tends to... Some, one of them ends up screwing it up, but the line movement on Kansas City to nine and nine and a half in some places, that's pure and simple. We're, we're blocking those teasers. We want to slow down that rush and force you to use a seven-point teaser instead of a six-point teaser. Right, a little more juice uh, for the books, no question. You know, when you look at the four games coming up this weekend, I mean, you can really make a strong case, I think, for, for all favorites. But can you make a case for 
the underdogs from a, a strong point of view. And I think just so many people automatically think, okay, well, the teams that, that have the bye, okay, Kansas City and Philadelphia, okay, they're, they're, they're rested. And how much of a myth is that, Marco, that, okay, the, the team that has that bye week is well-rested, two weeks, uh, you know, they're ready to roll, and they're going to usually cover, you know, more than a touchdown number. Well, two things to start with that, DC. First of all, you know that when you handicap the playoffs, it's still this way pretty much during the regular season, but it goes up several percentage points. Just pick the winner of the game. If you pick the winner of the game, generally the point spread's not going to come into play. It's over like 83 84% of the time. Uh, with this one, yeah, the favorites look pretty solid, obviously. If there was a team that needed the week off, Philadelphia definitely needed that bye week. They needed to get Jalen Hurts you know, as healthy as they possibly can for this playoff run. There are some people that like to throw out the term, you know, rest versus rust, you know, which is the, you know, the better thing to have. Uh, only, only one, ta- you know, only one week off uh, with, remember two before, we used to have two teams that had buys in each, each conference, but uh, now it's a different story. I think the dog that you talk about, is there a dog that can bark loud? Dallas game is the one that's given me the most trouble this week. Yeah. You know, when we, you know, I have an opinion on the game, but I don't have an opinion on the side. And I want to pick John Murray's brain on what went into setting the number on that game. Because I'll be honest with you, TC, I thought it would be a little bit higher. Is this an overreaction to what we saw Monday night? Because as good as Dallas looked Monday night, it was as much as how bad Tampa Bay was on Monday night that elevated them to that. And I was on Dallas. You know, that was my second biggest play yep. of the weekend. Um, so I was happy with the outcome. But are we buying, drinking the Kool-Aid a little bit too much I, with this line? Being- I think that a lot of people are drinking the Kool-Aid because they look at the Dallas defense, uh, which is which is a top-notch defense, no question. But then again, what are you going to get? You're going to get good Dak Prescott, bad Dak Prescott. Last week, you got very good Dak Prescott. You accounted for five touchdowns, one rushing and four throwing. However, like you, I was on the Cowboys as well, too, because I thought that was a very advantageous uh, opponent yeah. for them. Okay, the way Tampa Bay was playing, just you know, basically backsliding into the playoffs. Uh, the offensive line still an issue for them. A team that is almost basically void of scoring. Uh, I thought, okay, if Dallas can do enough offensively, uh, they're going to win this game because I was not worried about the Dallas defense mm-hmm. at all. I figured they were going to give Brady fits, and sure enough, they did. Uh, and again, as much as I am anti Mike McCarthy. When I look at Mike McCarthy versus Todd Bowles, and I talked about this last week as well too, advantage Mike McCarthy. So I thought that was great. Fine. Now you you know you get to go to San Francisco. San Francisco is a different beast. Okay, it's not Tampa. And so two reasons, Marco, that I think this line is only four and pretty much staying at four. One is what you just said, and what I talked about there, that people drinking the Kool Aid, their eyes. Last saw Dallas roll over Tampa Bay. They go back and they look at, okay, you know, Dallas beat Philadelphia earlier in the year, this and that. But what you need to look at also is that Dallas has not beat a team, not many teams, with a winning record. Do you know that all their wins, that they only have, they beat four teams with a winning record. And one of them was the Giants twice. And one of them was the Detroit Lions, who were 8-9. So I think mean, you got to look at the the complete body of work, and you got to look at Dak Prescott. 
okay, he was great last week. Does that translate that he's going to be great against the 49ers? So I think people are looking at that last week, and then they're also looking at Brock Purdy. And I think the main reason this thing is only for because there are still some non-believers of Brock Purdy out there. I will say this, and I said it to you before we came on the air, this is going to be the, the best defense by far that he has faced since he took over. And they've been fortunate. The only time that they were behind with Purdy under center was the Raider game. And we know all of the shortcomings that the Raiders have with protecting leads. The defense is is not good. Uh, That's been a problem all year. And they were able to rally and come back and win that game, a game that they were losing by double digits. And what was that, the fifth or sixth time this year that the Raiders ended up blowing a double-digit lead? So I'm curious if Dallas strikes first. Does it, you know, how does it change the mental aspect? Because... It's easy playing with the lead. You know, you're playing that you use all the phrases and metaphors. You're playing downhill the whole game. You've got a good, you know, running game with Christian McCaffrey and then, you know, Kelsey and you know, there's just so many weapons that the 49ers have that Tampa didn't. Tampa had no way of stretching the field. The few times that they did try to go to Evans as they were most of the year, Brady and Evans weren't on the same page. Mm-hmm. Now, I I've, and again, I have said during the course of the year, I love San Francisco, but at what point in time is Brock Purdy going to become the Brock Purdy that we saw at Iowa State? Again, he was a seventh-round pick, yeah. the last player of the draft picked for a reason. Okay, And not, not and really anti-Brock Purdy, but he's being asked to basically manage the team. He's done some good things, and this is going to be a big tell. This week will tell us how good Brock Purdy is. Because you're right. He's not going to be facing the Seattle Seahawks defense this week. All right? Face the Seattle uh, Seahawks three times this year. Okay? This is going to be a, a little bit different animal. But I really don't have much uh, problem with San Francisco in this, in this spot because they have so many other weapons. And as long as Purdy doesn't turn it over, mm-hmm. San Francisco is going to win the game. And San Francisco could win this game by double digits. Debo Samuel, uh, Elijah Mitchell, the list goes on and on. I mean, Kittle, is, is the is the Dallas defense going to have answers for all that? Dallas defense, very good, but it's going to be a completely different offense that they're going to look at in San Francisco. On the flip side, the other side of the ball, like in San Francisco, and I'm not worried about their defense against Dallas's offense because there will be times when Prescott will revert back to the Prescott that we saw as recent as two weeks ago in the finale against the Commanders in other times that we've saw. I mean, what, seven out of the last eight games this guy has thrown a pick? Uh, So I think, you know, San Francisco at home, that defense will be ready for Dallas. I think it is one of the most intriguing games. I'm glad it is the the last game on the card because we have a lot of time to, to build up to this, to talk about this, and, you know, uh, the books love this, and when Jay Cornegay uh, was on the show yesterday, he said, hey, it, that's a great game to have the last because people are just going to be, you know, either trying to, you know, make up and bet, you know, as this game, you know, kicks off. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to this one. Actually, I'm looking forward to, to all of them. But, you, you know, I, I see where, why you're a little, uh, a little hesitant, you know, because of this. But remember, the better team is San Francisco. Oh, there's no question. You take the roster – from start to finish, they have more playmakers, you know, on there. And better coaching. 
That goes without saying it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that was the one matchup last week that Mike McCarthy actually had an edge on yeah. as far as uh, coaching goes. But this is going to be interesting. I, the total is interesting. Uh, last week, the books got absolutely slaughtered with the overs. We talk about it all the time. John Q. Public just naturally doesn't like to bet unders. They, because in their mind, when they, they bet an over, they're never, they're never out of it. They're still live. But if you bet an under, once it goes over, the ticket's dead. They can't come from behind. Yeah. You can't take points off the board. But me and you joke about it all the time. Yeah. It is actually the total opposite. When you bet an under, you're winning your bet the entire game until you're not. I got story time here. Now, I don't think that you and I have talked about this since uh, since this happened on Monday night. Yeah. So remember, we were we were handicapping the games last week, and we were talking about certain totals. And I don't know if you remember, but I said, "Hey, what about the Tampa Bay Dallas game under? You know, two strong defenses, that sort of thing." Look at the number, and I said, 45 and a half. I said, that looks pretty juicy. Even though I'm not a totals player for the most part, I don't like it. Okay, I think you know where I'm going with this, right? So as uh, the weekend progressed, I was looking for, uh, as you know, I do like to play um, you know, my teasers, and I do like to play a three-team teaser so I can get plus money. I'm not a fan of laying you know, 140, 150, and some places have minus 160 now for two-team seven-point teasers. So... I'm I'm looking at you know the card on Sunday, and then I said okay. Now I look at money, and I like Dallas, so Dallas is going to be on 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 that ticket. And I said I need a third here. I need a third. Do I dare mess with this total? Wait a minute. I talked about under 45 and a half, so I did it, Marco. I teased the under, so I was getting 52 and a half. But those that had 45 and a half, they got home. But you thank Brett Maher. Not one, not two, not three times letting like Lionel Richie and the Commodores, okay. but four missed okay. extra points. I'm going to point out, because <laughs> everybody's talking about, oh, what a bad beat that was if you had the over, you know, you four missing. No. The math came out exactly the same. And the reason the math came out the same is because after he missed the fourth one, McCarthy bypassed the chip shot field goal on fourth and four and went for it because he didn't want to send his kicker out there. He had no confidence, and they scored a touchdown. Yeah. So that they got the four points back that they missed. Had he made those extra points, they would have kicked the field goal. There, fourth and four. Great point. You're you're not yeah. you're not going for it. Yeah. But he decided to go for it and end up scoring yeah. a touchdown because he had that little confidence in the kicker. Uh, so the math came out exactly where it would have been anyway. Let me tell you about my confidence. All right, full disclosure. <laughs> I gave up on the game after the scoring fest mm-hmm. that, that happened in the first half. I said. This, you know, Tampa Bay can't stop Dallas at all. This and that. I was so disgusted. I gave up. I was. I, I went to go get something to eat. Came and I purposely. I told other members in my household, "Do not turn on that television. <laughs> Do not turn on that game. Something else. Okay. Go go ahead and watch Law and Order for the for the 128 type. Something else. Okay. And and I was. I don't know if you've ever been like that, where it's like, okay, I want to look at the score. I don't want to look at the score because I'm going to get disgusted. Because again, it was the, it, it wasn't one of my favorite plays because yeah. I'm not a big total guy anyway. But I said, nah, let me take a shot with this. And then of course, then I, I, I say, okay, it's nine o'clock. The game's got to be over now, right? Yeah. And I go, what happened? They didn't score in the second half. How's the pinball machine go off in the first half? And in the second half, it's like, it's like nothing. So 
And then later I saw the highlights, what you're talking about, you know, McCarthy, you know, you know, going for it. And I love that, too, because Maher's started to chop the field. No. Son, <laughs> step on, back. <laughs> Come on, back. You're not going out there, okay? You're lucky we would let you go out there to kick a PAT for a you know, field goal. Forget about it. Watching a game uh, when you have the under is never, never fun. And we talked it's about never, this last week. I was thinking of you. Fun. And I go, oh, yeah. just. Uh, I, you know, the. National championship game. Okay, they they were they, they couldn't stop scoring. It was up yeah. and down the field. But there was actually a brief moment in the fourth quarter yeah. when it was fourth and five, and they didn't kick the field goal because they didn't want to run up the score. So I thought they were to just hand the ball off and go up the middle. No, they throw for it on fourth and five and get a touchdown in the game, which if they had to kick the field goal, we had an opportunity to go under. But then I was rooting. I said, somebody, please, whether it be a defensive score, whatever it is, somebody score one more time so I don't feel yeah. that that play was the play yeah. that, that cost me by him not kicking the field goal. I, I mean, you look like a player who just got ejected from the game. Uh, you look like a Bosa, you know, you know, you know, because you know, you we're walking out of the building that night here at the Westgate, and you're going, they better score. One more time. I'm going to be so mad. I said that. Blah, blah, blah. And then I slow. Uh, do okay. you do that when when your bet's dead? Like yeah. if you have a team, you bet a team, and there's no, you see they're not going to cover. Of do course. you start? You root for the other team. You of want course. them to feel pain. Of too. course. Yeah. You got to feel my pain. I, I think I think we all do that, right? Uh, so we're talking about dogs here. You know what live dogs are out there. Uh, so as we're talking about it, one of our loyal listeners who's out here every week just hands me a ticket. Uh, he's got a a three team. Moneyline parlay. Tell me if you want any part of this. Giants plus 300, Cowboys plus 175, Bengals at plus 210. A cool Benjamin, Marco. You know what that's going to return you? That's going to return a lot. It's going to return you 3,300 profit. Yeah. I would just say don't <laughs> spend that money yet. <laughs> But you know, you know. Again, if if you like the last thing that your eyes have saw, okay, you like the Giants and what they did. But of, of course, it was against the Minnesota Vikings. That different defense. different piece this week. The Cowboys, which we just talked about, are they capable of winning the game? Pull off the upset? Yes, especially if Purdy, uh, you know, th- throws a, a pick or two or three, and then the Bengals. See, now that's the game that I'm not crazy about. I I like the Bills in that situation. I I do and. You know, we'll we'll handicap all of these games here. You know, coming up here uh, till four o'clock. But I'm just, you know, I'm an anti anybody going back to back, not just to win back to back championships, but even going back to the back. You know, championship games, Super Bowls, and in, in this month. But the Bengals have so many problems offensively, and of course, we know about the offensive line woes, and they got had another one you know, last week. But you're missing three starters. You cannot go and face. You know, the Buffalo Bills in Orchard Park with, you know, three reserve linemen. You can't do it, and you you can't uh, – got to be able to run the ball better. I mean, where has Joe Mixon been? This team is just not even running the football the last couple weeks. So all that coupled for me, it's go, go, Buffalo. Well, we always talk about injuries. When there's one injury, I always, you know, tell you that, you know, the injured player theory because everybody rises to the occasion. But when you get cluster injuries at one position like Cincinnati has, and people don't understand. The, the <laughs> most important thing on an offensive team, obviously, is the starting quarterback. Yeah. But after that, it's the offensive line. If you got a couple key guys, if you don't have – a healthy offensive line that's clicking. It's like trying to drive a car with a flat tire. It does 
does not work. You're going to get where you get, but it's going to be slow and you're going to do a lot of damage in the process. And that damage is going to be Joe Burrow being on his back a lot. I mean, he was running for his life. Now, granted, Baltimore has a good pressure deep. I mean, Baltimore's always been a defensive-minded team. The one thing that I'm talking about with the Baltimore game, obviously, Baltimore should have won. We all watched that game with our eyes. Huntley doesn't. I mean, you want to talk about a? Uh, that was a 14-point play turnaround, right? From seven in, Absolutely. seven the other way. And guess what? There was no more scoring after that. Yeah, that was that was the game winner right there. But we've talked about it so many times, and you've brought it up this year. The stat with San Francisco teams after the week they play them because how physical they play. Right. Baltimore's still a physical team, and they played them not last week, but two weeks in a row. A division rival, yeah. hard nosed AFC North, don't like each other. You know, that takes its toll too. So that's an added th- advantage that I think Buffalo has. But Josh Allen's got to take care of the football. Yeah. They've got nine turnovers in the last three games, TC. Yeah. They've played teams that you could overcome that with. Mm-hmm. If you have those kind of mistakes against Cincinnati, they still have enough there that they, they could beat you. I, I agree. And uh, with those offensive line concerns for the Bengals, I'm just having a flashback of what we saw last year in the playoffs where you know, Burrow was sacked so many times. I mean, seven times one game, nine times in another game. And I'm just thinking, okay, I, I don't know if they're going to be able to overcome that uh, against this Buffalo team. And, you know, Buffalo... We had talked to Steve Tasker uh, earlier in the week, and Steve, former you know Bills Hall of Famer, uh, you know played 12 years with them, and of course uh, you know is still part of the Bills broadcast team. And he brought up a great point. He says, you know, the the Bu- Buffalo Bills uh, are 29 and five in their last 34 games, and he said that team felt like they lost last week. Mm-hmm. They felt like they lost, and Buffalo off of either a loss or a really bad performance, if you go back and look, they bounce back the next week. And that was my sole purpose of handicapping the way I handicapped the Cowboys against Tampa last week because Dallas coming off a loss, they win, and they win by double digits. I mean, that was the case. And I kind of feel that way with Buffalo that, okay, we had our scare last week. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know how you felt, Marco, but even Jim Nance and Tony Romo, who were broadcasting the game for CVS, on Sunday said this stadium feels kind of eerie because here we are it the late third quarter beginning of the fourth quarter and the bills are trailing and even when they recaptured the lead it was like weird and Steve Tasker said the exact same thing no it was that way and at the end of the game it was like Buffalo got away with one here a subpar performance where Allen got sacked seven times had three turnovers I mean just dreadful right and you know Miami I mean they, they, they looked by. They looked past Miami. They really did. They figured, okay, divisional opponent, third-string quarterback, Skylar Thompson, K-State, forget about it. And that state, those fans were worried in that game. And everyone who had, was laying 14, oh, those people were laying 7 or 8 on a, on a teaser. They didn't get home last week. No. And the other part of it, too, TC, in we talked about it. The week before, they played a very emotional game. That was the first game after what happened, you know, with DeMar. And everything went right in that game. The the kickoff return to start the game. That was an emotional game. The combination of coming off that game and then, like you said, when is the week progressed? Okay, early week, two is out. Late in the week, 
No Teddy Bridgewater. Can't grip the ball. Now you got Skylar. They did. I think they had that moment where, yep. okay, we just caught a break and we just have to show up because they we're just played home. a couple weeks yeah, ago. We just played them yeah. a couple weeks ago. Right. And that is what I had. But I love that you say the scare because I love it mm-hmm. in the playoffs in the NFL. I love it in March Madness when one of the big seeds yes. has that that scare that yep. they look past somebody, you know, and knee jerk reaction is yeah. if you got let's just throw say a Duke or a Kansas out there in, in March Madness and they're laying double digits and yeah. they win by three. Right. And everybody's oh, oh you yeah. know. No, man, you give exactly. me them the next game because yeah. they're totally focused. The day in between yeah. with the practices, they're getting drilled because of their performance. Mm-hmm. That's when you want a team like that. Yeah. A good team right. that had a bad game. Exactly. And uh, even though that they uh, – you have a scare, not a scare, but a team that came off a loss last night is Gonzaga. I don't know if you yeah. saw that. Bedham, Bedham coming up this weekend, their next game. They were at home as a 16-point favorite last night to Loyola Marymount, yeah. a team that they had drilled by 40 the last time they played him. And Gonzaga was coming off a, a what if a 45-point victory, even though they had a couple scares earlier on, and then they lose. So get on Gonzaga because – that was humiliation last night because that broke a 75-game home winning streak for the Zags. Think about that. Yeah. They had won 75 in a row at home, and Marymont comes in as a 16-point dog and beats them. So you're talking about the scare where, like, you know, a team, ooh, they still won. But how about a team, a solid team, like all you're talking about as yeah. well, too, that actually loses a game? It's the same thing in my right. book. In college basketball, losing that game doesn't hurt you like it does in football. So in football, right. when if you get late in the season and somebody's undefeated and then they lose a game, yeah. I like to go against them the next week because... It could, it's, I call it the dream crusher. If yeah. that's a game, it takes them out sure. of the playoff, you know, contention or, and stuff. But that's not the case with Gonzaga. It's a long season. And it's actually, in my opinion, it's good for a team to lose a game to get that wake up call and get, yeah. and light that fire again. Yeah. Because as you said, the game before that was a cakewalk, but they've had a lot of close, they've been a they money have. burner this yeah. year so far yeah. for backers. And uh, this is in hindsight might end being the best thing going for them. All right, Marco D'Angelo in the house, wagertalk.com. You can go to wagertalk.com uh, for Marco's plays. And, of course, uh, part of our crew here, he is part of our best bets, which we will share with you next hour as well, too. So we're going to be handicapping all four games, giving you some more NFL news, uh, giving you the latest uh, news that is uh, that breaks throughout the, the day during the course of this show as well, too, and uh, hitting it all for you right here at the Superbook at the Westgate Las Vegas. When we come back, John Murray, the executive director of the Superbook, is going to join us. We'll talk about where the money is moving here for the NFL Divisional Round Playoff Games. T.C. Martin, Marco D'Angelo in the house, right here live from the Westgate of Las Vegas. This is Showtime Sean Porter. You know I'm tuning in to the T.C. Martin Show. Yes, we're going to work here today. That's right. Working on some handicapping. Figuring it out here. That's what we're here for. Inside the world-famous Superbook here at the Westgate Las Vegas. T.C. Martin, Marco D'Angelo, and John Murray, the executive director of the Superbook, joins us right now. What's up, John? 
Nothing, man. I'm excited about Nothing. this weekend. Come on, everything's <laughs> happening, man. You know that. <laughs> Let's game. try again. What's happening, John? The games on Sunday are phenomenal. <laughs> the games tomorrow are okay. Yeah, I agree. The games on Sunday are really good. All right, man. Let's uh, start talking about. Uh, let's go back to last weekend for a minute. Uh, you know, four of the six games last weekend, uh, dogs covered with two outright wins mm-hmm. with uh, Jacksonville and the Giants. Um, how confident are you that the dogs can reign supreme again this week compared to last week? Uh, usually, this is more of the the favorite weekend, right. but it's a little different now. You've only got two teams off buys instead of four, mm-hmm. so ch- you had to change your approach a little bit. Only tomorrow. You'll get that that effect of like the team is off a bye. Everybody forgets how good they are. I think you're seeing the, that a little bit in the way they're betting the Philadelphia game because the the public is all over the Giants. The Giants looked so good last week, but against said, the Vikings, exactly right. against, against the Vikings. Vikings defense. It's yeah. not this weekend, right. and there's con- legitimate concerns with with Hearts, Jalen Hearts. Yes, uh, but it, like I said, if there's ever a team that needed that bye week, it was Philadelphia, mm-hmm. and. Great job that the Giants coaching staff did. I mean, they made Daniel Jones look good last week. I'm not a Daniel Jones fan, okay? And he looked phenomenal last week. But again, the Minnesota Viking defense has a tendency to do that to quarterbacks. Of course. They yeah. make me- mediocre quarterbacks yeah. look like yeah. Hall of Fame material. Yeah. We talked about it last week, okay? It's you know, it's, it's a three-point line, but it, it's kind of a coin flip game and wouldn't surprise any of us, if uh, the the Vikings went bye bye, and, and sure enough, I mean, I don't think it was a surprise to anybody on that game. John, did you have more Giant tickets than Viking tickets? We we did by a, a slim margin, but what really set it apart for us was in game. We had all these big bets on Minnesota, <laughs> people betting on Minnesota to come back. So in the end, New York winning the game was actually pretty good for us, <laughs> and I, I think it sets up a better weekend too. I'm always thinking about it like that. I like these matchups a little bit better. I like Philly, New York, Dallas, San Francisco a little bit better than I guess it would have been San Francisco, Minnesota, right. and Dallas, Philly. That which would not that those would have been terrible, but I think this sets up a better weekend for us. How was everything last weekend, handle wise, and then as far as uh, you know, with with dogs cashing four of the six games? You know, it was really disappointing. I mean, the volume was terrific, and we won. But it, it, as much as any weekend in my recent memory, I felt like we would have we would have should have won so much more. Sandia, uh, the Chargers game killed us. Everybody bet Jacksonville. Everybody was on Jacksonville, <laughs> and we had all all of our wise guys were on the Chargers. We were going to win this huge number on the Chargers, and they get up twenty-seven nothing. They blow the game. Everyone's live betting Jacksonville plus the points. Just a disaster on Saturday night, and then go to Sunday. Cincinnati winning by exactly seven was the worst case scenario because we had guys laying Cincinnati early before the Lamar Jackson news was confirmed. All the wise guys bet Baltimore plus nine, plus eight, plus seven and a half. We had guys laying Cincinnati minus seven at the end. They got a push, obviously. So seven and the over was a disaster scenario. And there's no chance that happens if Baltimore doesn't fumble at the goal line. If Baltimore doesn't fumble at the goal line, they win. we're sitting here talking about Baltimore, Kansas City, and yep. Jacksonville, Buffalo. Because yep. yep. Cincinnati couldn't even they couldn't even get a first down in the second half. Baltimore, all they had to do was cash in there. They're in the divisional playoffs. See, that game just had the feeling that, okay, whoever scored there was going to be the winner. If Baltimore punched it in there, it said, I said, I don't know if Cincinnati can come back. And then when they, you know, uh, returned the fumble for for 98 yards. In my mind, I'm going like, I think well, the game's over. I agree. I, I, I agree with you, TC. Whoever scores there, 
Baltimore had the ball on the Cincinnati one-yard line. Right. That's what I'm saying. So, so I, that's I thought, why I thought it was going to be Baltimore that, probably going to score saying, there. So th- that's my point yeah. exactly. <laughs> so as as a guy who is, you know, you know, look, rooting for Cincinnati there, I'm going like, okay, done. But now they came back and go, I don't think Baltimore's going to score. So no, it was like no. there was only going to be one score there. I didn't have to sweat that game because I did an unconventional teaser. I took I took Baltimore up when it yeah. was at eight. And I and took a half. Cincinnati down. Yeah. So, yeah. so I yeah. I just didn't see it a two touchdown game. Yeah. Harbaugh was going to run the football. You know, shorten the game. No, that was a great call. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. I, you got to feel bad for Baltimore. Yeah. Now, usually, like you said, if you have a weekend where you've got dogs cover and a couple of them pull the upsets. That's always the formula for you guys are supposed to have a big week. We but, had a good week. We, uh, we but had, the totals hurt you. you. You had to get hurt on totals. So you lose on your totals. You lose on your props when that happens. you got to think about stuff like that. So many points, so many touchdowns. Bad for prop betting for the house. Yeah. We did win this weekend. We did awesome with Miami covering. Right. We really did well on Monday night. Uh, Tampa Bay was a very public dog in that game. We did quite well in that mm-hmm. game. And we did well in the Giants game. It was just what could have been. We could have won so much money on the Chargers, and we could have won all this money if either Baltimore covered. I'm sorry, Baltimore won or just covered. Yeah, instead of having just cover and just don't. And then, and then if the Bengals could have at least won by (laughs) twenty, all the wise guys that bet Baltimore would have lost. The the seven was just you just couldn't pinpoint a worse number for us. Avalanche. I love I love it when all the people feel bad for us. Yeah, <laughs> that's really the point because yeah, I know yeah. that the people listening are like, oh man, I feel really bad for the team. Yeah, with the I know. Punk. I get it, and I appreciate that. Avalanche <laughs> of Buffalo money. I mean, the way that line just kept climbing and climbing and climbing, and see how bad that the Bills played here. Uh, and we'll get into that, you know, their opponent coming up here this week. So, uh, line moves, John, on the divisional games. Uh, first, let's talk about the the sides mm-hmm. as far uh, right now. Uh, what are you seeing? A lot of sharp guys on Kansas City. You're seeing that number move up eight and a half. Yep. Now it's nine and a half. Seeing some really sharp play there. Not too much on the night game. Public's on the Giants, but we expect that when they're in off the bye week. I think the most interesting game is the early game Sunday. Some really sharp players we have in Arizona and Nevada took the Bengals plus five. The market said no, thank you, and it's mm-hmm. moved up. Bengals down three offensive linemen in this game. I thought. Buffalo's, if you want to call it a coaching strategy on Sunday, mm-hmm. I don't know what that was. The Buffalo did everything they could to blow that game. Their their coaches should be ashamed of themselves for that game plan. Mm-hmm. It was awful. They almost lost to a third-string quarterback. It's good for us, mm-hmm. but they were horrible. They're going to need to improve, but the Sharp guys seem to like Buffalo because the market's moving that way. And then I, everybody wants to talk about San Francisco and Dallas. Mm-hmm. I know Marco wants to get into it. I, I thought the line was going to come a little higher. Uh, it's coming like three and a half. We're at four now. Everyone's on San Francisco. And, and, and it's just barely nudged up. You know, three and a half to four is not that significant of a line move. And that's with the whole world on the 49ers. For me, and I, I told TC, I think outside the box. Most guys, when they set their number, if I had the number set at five and a half and it opens at three and a half, the guys that only bet numbers, they're running to the window and they're betting San Francisco. I'm looking at that and saying, why is this three and yeah. a half? What uh, am I know? missing? Yeah. Hmm. Why are they begging me to take San Francisco? And the question that I said to TC is, this is the best defense Brock Purdy is going to have faced since he became a starter. And he's only had one game where he's trailed 
that he had to bring the team back. And luckily for him, it was against the, the masters of blowing big leads, the, the Raider game. Yeah, true. <laughs> well, let's, let's, we, we talked about this. I think it might have been off the air, yeah. but we don't want to overreact too much to the Giants beating Minnesota because Minnesota's right. not that good. Right. Tampa Bay was a lousy football team. Tampa Bay only made the postseason because their division was terrible. Right. Tampa Bay is not as good as the Lions. Who were on the outside looking into this play, this right. postseason? Lions are better than Tampa Bay, so I don't want to give Dallas too much credit there. But the market is is holding pretty strong right now. Hmm. Everybody's on the 49ers, and the line is barely budging. Hmm. That should tell you something. I do think the line will go up between now and kickoff, though, because lo- you always have to look at where the game is on the schedule. Mm-hmm. It's the last game of the weekend, mm-hmm. so all the parlays from the first three games, everything that's alive is going to go to 49ers money line. Mm-hmm. The books are going to need Dallas massively uh, on Sunday evening mm-hmm. in, in a game that's going to be a, a huge handle game. Yeah. I think like a conference championship level handle game because of the time slot, because of those two teams. It's going to be an awesome game for us. I think that line is threefold when I look at it. And we t- touched about it a little bit earlier, but I'm going to get your take on this, John. I think one is, of course, everyone, especially the public, last thing they saw, okay, they saw Dallas dominate Tampa Bay. But again, advantageous opponent for Dallas against Tampa Bay. Just kind of like the Giants and the Vikings. It's the exact same thing. All right. But then I think that that line is, was set low because of Brock Purdy as well. There are mm-hmm. still non-believers of Brock Purdy. All right. Okay. He's not playing the Seattle Seahawks this week. Heck, he played the Seattle Seahawks three different times, you know. And this will be the best defense that San Francisco and Brock Purdy have faced. So I think that there is some hesitation or, you know, some, you know, Let's 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 chill out a little bit here in San Francisco and Dallas. We've seen Dallas, okay? It was going to be the Dallas, you know, team that beat Philadelphia earlier on, okay? What you know? So and plus the the third part I think is that Dallas is a very public team, as you well know. Oh yeah. And, you know, so I think those three factors and like, okay, well that's why that number is where it's at. But if you if our eyes are watching the San Francisco 49ers and watching the Dallas Cowboys, especially over the last four, five, six weeks, we're thinking San Francisco. There's great value there. This team has won 11 in a row, and no one really has even come close to them. So if Brock Purdy can continue to be the game manager and not turn the ball over, I think San Francisco wins this game. The only way San Francisco loses this game is if Purdy turns it over. San Francisco just wears you down. You yep. know, Seattle was up at halftime. They're such a physical team. They wear you down. And, and I think the biggest difference this week is Dallas last week played a team with maybe the worst coaching staff in the NFL. Tampa Bay was a terribly Next coached. to their own. That's what I say. Yeah. 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 Mike McCarthy's uh, advantage over Todd Bowles. But outside of that, I'm not, I'm not giving advantage Just, of McCarthy to anybody else. I, I'm, not, I'm not either, but, <laughs> but now, yeah, that, no now they're up against Kyle Shanahan. They're up against D'Amico right. Lyons, yeah. who's almost certainly going to be a head coach somewhere next season. He's done a phenomenal job. So the, the upgrade in from one coaching staff to another, a big, a big shift change. I heard, that, I heard people complaining that Dallas uh, or that San Francisco has two extra days to prepare for this game. Yeah. I kind of get that, except two years ago, the 49ers would have had a bye week. Mm-hmm. So I don't feel too bad for the Cowboys here, but I think we should factor that in, that, that they do have two extra days of repair. Playing on Monday night, I wasn't a fan. I mean, it was great for the books. It was great for the action because you had that standalone game on Monday. But I don't think it's fair that somebody has to play on a short week. You know, and I hear that. And it's twofold because San Francisco – got, you know, they got the extra day from playing on. But two years ago, San Francisco and Buffalo would have had the whole week off. 
True. And I don't remember anybody complaining about that because they earned it on the field with their win-loss record. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although this year, I guess Buffalo didn't really do that. No. Some would argue. <laughs> they kind of had a buy. San Francisco <laughs> did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In uh, Tampa Bay, at least Purdy can move around. He's not. I mean, he's not going to get you a lot of yards running, but he can move up in the pocket yeah. where... Brady was just a sitting duck back there. He, he, he's a statue in the pocket, and Dallas was able to tee off, especially once they got the big lead. Yeah. They're just teeing off on him. It was a little shocking when Brady threw that pick in the end zone. Yeah. I think it was yeah. only I think it was only six to nothing. Six to nothing time. at that time. They were going to take the and, lead. Yeah, and yeah. He, yeah. Threw, he throws a horrendous interception, the kind of pick that mm. you just never see Tom Brady do that right. ever. And then they ended up going 12 to nothing, and to Marco's point, then mm. they could tee off. And then it was kind of over. If Tampa Bay scores a touchdown there, I'm going to assume they actually make the extra point because Brett Maher doesn't kick for the Buccaneers. <laughs> and the Bucks go up 7-6 to six there. Could be a different football game. But I, I still think the Bucks were as poorly coached as any team I watched all year. Uh, that they, they need a clean house there, get rid of the whole staff. They, they made Leftwich the scapegoat, but he was one part of a problem. He was not the only problem. And, and, and what happened here was... Is that they made basically Todd Bowles the guy that says okay because it was Todd Bowles' decision to get rid of the six coaches. They get rid, get rid of six coaches. So now ownership has said Todd Bowles, you're not the problem. Now we're going to trust you and give you the ship, the keys to the car here, and you get to hire your own staff. So I was expecting you know Todd Bowles to be gone because again we've seen enough of Todd Bowles. We've seen him in two head coaching stints now where he has done absolutely nothing. And management or ownership there is saying, like, okay, well, we're going to give you a shot. Now go and hire whoever you want to hire. They, Chargers did the same thing. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. you make the, oh, you make the, the coordinators the scapegoat, yeah. and I don't know how Staley's still there. <laughs> I saw this interview years ago with Belichick where it, they basically asked him, like, do you ever feel bad about running up the score? This is when the Patriots like, were the, like the Brady, Randy Moss yeah. teams. And he goes, I don't look at it like I'm running up the score. I look at it like I'm just going to keep scoring until the game is over so that no one will ever be able to come back against my team. Mm-hmm. And Brandon Staley should have taken that advice. Yeah. Like, you to take your foot off the gas if you had Brock Purdy as your quarterback is one thing. Mm-hmm. To do it when you have Justin Herbert as your quarterback is just poor coaching. Just keep scoring. Mm-hmm. Just keep scoring until they tell you the game is over. Uh, the, Brandon Staley absolutely should have been fired. Mm-hmm. He should have been fired on Sunday morning for mm-hmm. losing that game. That was atrocious. John Murray joins us, the executive director here at the Superbook, talking about the NFL divisional games here. So the first game that we're going to see is Jacksonville and Kansas City. Obviously, we're talking a lot about Jacksonville. Uh, Trevor Lawrence with the four picks in the first half, then comes back with the four touchdown passes in in the second half, right? Mm -hmm. So... We see that the the line, as he mentioned, John, just it's Kansas City, Kansas City, Kansas City. Is there a case that you can make for betting the dog in Jacksonville here? Because we know Kansas City has not been a good home favorite during the regular season, and they've been a big-time money burner as well, too. Is this line inflated a little bit? Well, I don't think, I'll say this, I don't really think Kansas City's that good of a football team. I think they just have Pat Mahomes. I think they have the guy who's the clear MVP. He's by far the best quarterback in the league this season. He fixes all the problems that they have. They're really not that good. Their defense is very average. They don't have Tyreek Hill anymore. Kelsey's a great tight end. But it's not like they've got this galaxy of weapons around Pat Mahomes. They're a very well-coached team. But really, they just have Pat Mahomes. That's what's going on in Kansas City. I do think that there's some value on Jacksonville if you can get plus 10. I like Doug Peterson. Mm -hmm. I think there is some talent there on that team. But 
it, it's a tricky game as a bookie. You don't want to go too high with it because you know everyone's going to bet the Chiefs and they're going to poly them to the, the Eagles and they're going to tease them to the Eagles. But you don't want to go too high with the line and end up writing all this Jacksonville money because uh, I think Jacksonville is pretty live. Mm-hmm. So at that number, at that plus 10 number. Marco, can you make a case for the Jags? I don't like them in this spot. They've had two games in a row where they had to have you know miracle finishes to advance. Uh Going, nobody's talking about, you know, this is a Florida team that's going to be playing in Kansas City in January. Weather is going to be, you know, it's going to be cold. Uh, The other part of it is Andy Reid during the season. The Chiefs have the best straight-up record, but they've been an absolute money burner against the spread. He's reverted to the old Andy Reid a lot during the regular season where he takes his foot off the gas and lets teams hang around, backdoor covers, whatever it is. I think after what he saw last week with in Jacksonville's done this before, you can't take your foot off the gas. And I think we'll see Andy Reid do that. And then you've got the stats with Andy Reid off of a bye week. He's one of the best coaches in the NFL. Um, straight up, it's phenomenal. And I think they're like 10 games over 500 uh, against the spread off the bye week. So I just I don't see Jacksonville winning. Uh, and I will have all of the creative uh, ways to play it. Now that the game went to nine, took care of the six-point teaser is not, not in play there. And that's a lot that when people, and I say it all the time, and I know you guys probably don't like it, but when a line goes from eight and a half to nine or nine and a half, part of it's money. Part of it's just to pump the brakes on the teasers. Well, it's making people pay that extra 10 cents or 20 cents to tease it under three. Right. Uh, there's no question about yeah. that. That's mm-hmm. absolutely like sometimes you don't see this in Nevada, but sometimes you'll see the offshore books have the game at like minus nine and a half, plus one ten, or something like mm-hmm. that. They're just they're they're just guarding against teasers. We know that everyone is going to tease Kansas City to Philadelphia tomorrow, mm-hmm. so you go up to nine and a half. And now, if you want to do that, you've got to do a seven point teaser. Mm-hmm. If you want to get under three, and that costs a lot more mm-hmm. than a six point teaser. Uh, that's a big that's a big part. Yeah. I can tell you, Kansas City is a different beast, different animal come to the postseason mm-hmm. when they're hosting games. You know, we talk about them being a money bird during the regular season, but they're like the Warriors. They're like these teams that just like, okay. And we saw it with Buffalo last week. We talked about that. Just like, wow, we got a little bit of a scare here. When you look at the Kansas City Chiefs over the last three seasons and hosting home playoff games is either a number one or a number two seed, which they're in the same position here, right? They've won and covered five of the, the last seven games in the last three seasons in, you know, like I said, and usually a win by big margins. Go back to last year, I hate to bring this up for Marco, but you remember what happened in this exact same game last year, they played the Pittsburgh Steelers 42-21. So this kind of screams that way, you know, to me, mm-hmm. but, you know, Kansas City, they don't take their foot off the gas in the playoffs at home. Why you know, would you ever take your foot off the gas with Pat Mahomes as your quarterback, Marco? Right, exactly. exactly. Why would you possibly do this? Let him keep scoring. That has been Andy Reid's M.O. all the time. Yeah. In the difference between Pittsburgh and Jacksonville, if you want to compare the two, Pittsburgh limped into the playoffs last year. They, they, sure. should, they weren't a playoff team where at least Jacksonville, Jacksonville played good football down the stretch. Granted, it was a soft schedule. You can only play what's in front of you, but they came into the playoffs – Winning, so you have that. I want to ask you about the total on that game. Mm-hmm. That's the highest total of the weekend. Yeah. It was at fifty-three around town, and then we saw some early movement down to fifty-two. Now, you know, 
I always say that when you see movement on a total early in the week and it's to the under, I really respect that because the Sharps know the public's going to bet the over in the game, and they're not waiting till game day to bet the to bet the under. Do you think sometimes those those groups move too fast though? They're a little too impatient. They do it with Super Bowl props every year, mm-hmm. and I mean we'll see what happens here, but. Look, from what I saw over the weekend, I wouldn't be in a rush to bet under any game. Right. Because I saw the league apparently sent out a memo <laughs> saying, we don't call holding anymore. Yeah. We don't call false start anymore on mm. the offensive tackles. Yeah. We'll let the offensive tackles have that extra half second. And we'll never to- throw a flag yeah. to the play clock. Uh, that thing's at zero. It's still at zero. It's still at zero. There was sharp money on God. the under, but, man, it, it, it seemed like there was almost a concerted effort to have these high-scoring games. Yeah. I know Joey Bosa got a lot of criticism. I would have been pretty mad, too. Mm-hmm. The offensive tackle got about a second head start, and then he blatantly held him right. on a play that – practically decided the game. I don't know. I, I would be pretty upset if I was supposed to, too. I thought that was completely unfair. When we always, you know, we make the reference to sharp players, whatever, you've got to understand, there's not just, like, one sharp guy. There's there's no. groups in, right. you know, and you see sometimes they rush to do it because they're competing for the With same number. Yeah. Yes, in, that's in, exactly what it is. And that's why they bet the props like that. You're absolutely yep. right. They, they bet the props like that because if they don't bet it, the guy behind them in line is going to bet it. And that guy's going to get under 275 and a half, yeah. and I think that's a good bet. I'm just going to take it. Talking about the totals here, John, real quick, uh, any line movement on the totals? We, t- we mentioned Jacksonville, Kansas City at 53, <laughs> yeah. Giants and Eagles at 48, Bengals and Bills at 49 and a half, and then Dallas and San Francisco, 46 and a half. We saw the Buffalo total go down a little bit, uh, probably because of the weather. Uh, that, that, to me, is the most fascinating game of the week because – once again, Joe Burrow has won a playoff game where he really didn't do much. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got this very impressive playoff record, but a lot of it hasn't been him personally doing anything. You know, so we'll see what happens in that game. But yeah, they bet that total down a little. It's going to be really tif- difficult for Cincinnati to move the football with all those offensive linemen out. But Buffalo's defense is not exactly Baltimore's defense. Yeah. And like I said earlier, I thought Buffalo's coaching staff was terrible on Sunday. Mm. If they don't come with a good game plan this week, they're going out. Mm. Looking at uh, weather also in Kansas City and Buffalo. Uh, not sure if weather's going to be a factor in Philadelphia or not. But. Yeah, I'm not sure on the Philadelphia, but Cincinnati plays enough cold weather. Yeah, know, yeah. So I'm just talking about yeah. affecting totals. Yeah. You know? And again, you know, cold, you bet- the cold weather is an overrated factor in the totals. Yeah. It's wind. Right. Yeah, no question. Wind, That's wind it. is That's what is what it is yeah. what it really comes down to. They, right. These guys can still throw the football around if it's cold. Mm. If it's windy, they it's harder to do stuff. Right. All right, looking forward to uh, four great games coming up, hopefully, uh, this weekend. All right, John, we appreciate the time as always, my friend. Of course. Uh, continue on here. Uh, fantastic here at the, at the Superbook. Come on here and watch the games Saturday and Sunday. No better place uh, to watch the games in the, the comfortable setting here, whether the couches, the chairs, whatever it is. You've got the food court right here by the Sportsbook and everything else. So uh, make sure you come on out here to the Westgate Las Vegas at the world-famous Superbook. All right, uh, we're rolling along here. John, again, we appreciate it, as always, brother. Thank you, guys. Good luck Talk to, to you. you next week. Yeah. You got it. There he is. All right, uh, next hour, Trevor Match is going to join us for our bets bet segment. That's coming your way and a whole lot more. Plus, we'll talk a little bit about the NFL and the coaching carousel that's uh, going on. Five head coach openings. 
10 offensive coordinators. Anybody want to be an offensive coordinator? There's openings galore. Think about that. 10 offensive coordinator openings. That's like a third of the league. This is craziness. All right. We'll dive into that. And then we'll also give you the latest news about the potential AFC championship game, where that is going to be, and what is happening from a ticket perspective. Not a betting ticket, but actually going to that game. We'll dive into that. Best bets. Whole lot more coming your way here on a football Friday afternoon. Live from the Westgate of Las Vegas, the Superbook, T.C. Martin, Marco D'Angelo, and more right here on this fabulous Football Friday.